This week I'm talking about emotions. In this episode, you'll find out what emotional health is, why understanding your emotions is important for good mental health, and how to better manage your emotions every day. So, let's talk. This is Let's Talk About Mental Health, a weekly podcast full of simple ideas for better mental health. I'm your host, Jeremy Godwin, and I'm an Australian writer and speaker who spent most of the 2010s dealing with severe depression and anxiety, and that led me to change careers to study mental health. In this show, I use my knowledge of psychology, sociology, and counselling, combined with my personal experiences of dealing with mental illness, to bring you a show full of ways to improve your mental well-being one step at a time. Each week, I look at one specific topic and go through simple things that you can do to improve your mental health. So, get comfortable and let's talk about mental health. Hello and welcome to episode 57, and thanks so much for joining me. This week's topic is all about improving your emotional health, so let's talk. No matter who you are and what your life is like, we all experience emotions. And don't worry, I'm not going to start singing the Mariah Carey song of the same name. Consider yourself very lucky because I was definitely tempted. A long time ago, I used to have a boss who quite often chastised me for being emotional in my approach as a manager. And look, fair call because I was and I still am. But why is it that so often, especially in our professional lives, we're expected to put our emotions to the side and be business focused or career minded or whatever you want to call it? One of the things that absolutely annoys me in this world of ours is that so often we're taught to believe that our emotions are issues that need to be overcome, or even worse, something that needs to be suppressed. And don't even get me started on all of the gender stereotypes that go hand in hand with emotions. For me, a huge part of the breakdown I had in late 2011 was triggered by my not dealing with my emotional baggage, and also by self-medicating my way through a whole range of issues rather than actually dealing with them. Now, nine years down the track, I've found that being open and vulnerable about my emotions has actually led me to far better overall mental health. And funnily enough, it's also become my career. So that thing that I was so often told was wrong or damaged, my sensitivity and my ability to connect with my emotions so that I can be open and honest with myself, also with other people and helping other people, that's now become the thing that underpins all the work that I do. So if anything, I'm finding now that being emotional is actually a great thing when you learn how to harness it in a positive way. The thing is that whether or not we admit it to ourselves or to other people, our emotions are always there and are bubbling away just under the surface. And rather than denying their existence or trying to push them down further, which, by the way, doesn't work because eventually they will jump out and surprise you, usually when you least expect it, it's up to you to learn about those emotions and what they're trying to tell you so that you can then manage them for better emotional health and overall well-being. It's what we choose to do with our emotions that determines what happens next. When we feel a particular way about a situation or circumstance and we then choose to do or say something, or not do something, or not say something, we're creating a chain of events based on our choices. I often talk in this program about the difference between reacting and responding, and that's something that I'm going to be exploring in a bit more detail this week while we're looking at emotions. Just a heads up before I continue that next week I'll be looking at the topic of meaning, which is very much connected with our emotions. 
I'll be covering off on what's coming up in that episode at the end of this one, so make sure you listen all the way to the end. So what are emotions and what is emotional health? Your emotions are your feelings. They can come from your internal self, such as your thoughts, instincts and intuition, as well as being triggered by external events, such as your relationships and circumstances, as well as how you view the broader world around you. Often our emotions go hand in hand with our thoughts, but there are some big differences. Thoughts can be produced by us, in other words, we can create them ourselves by actively thinking about something, but thoughts can also appear suddenly and without any control or intervention on our part. And the thing is that we often forget that A, we're not completely in control of our thoughts and we probably never will be, and B, that's totally fine, because our thoughts are not facts. It takes daily work to be able to detach yourself from your thoughts so that you can see them for what they really are, uncontrolled noise that can pop into our heads seemingly out of nowhere. But it's important to be able to observe our thoughts more rationally, because when we just react to them, we can then find that it affects our feelings and our emotions. I talk a lot in this show and on social media about you being able to control your feelings as well as your words and actions. And every time I do, someone inevitably reaches out to me to say that they don't agree. And here's the thing. If you can change it, you can control it. Can you change your thoughts? Some of them you can, but many of them just come out of nowhere and have no foundation in truth. So you can't necessarily control all of your thoughts. And so the only rational thing that you can do is to let them go. But your feelings and your emotional states definitely are things that you can control. You may not be able to all of the time, but with effort and focus, you absolutely can. You know, you can do things like watching a show that makes you laugh or listening to a song that puts you in a good mood and bang, you've changed your feelings. Here's the biggest and most important message from today's episode. You are not your emotions. You are what you do with your emotions. Let me repeat that because it's an important point. You are not your emotions. You are what you do with your emotions. So then following on from that, what is emotional health? It's a term that's often substituted for mental health, but they aren't necessarily the same thing. However, like all aspects of your health, they are definitely interconnected. To quote an article by Healthline, and as always, the link for this will be in the transcript, Emotional health focuses on being in tune with our emotions, vulnerability, and authenticity, and is a fundamental aspect of fostering resilience, self-awareness, and overall contentment. Having good emotional health doesn't mean that you're always happy or free from negative emotions, but that you have the skills and resources to manage the ups and downs of day-to-day life. As I said back in episode 49, Finding Balance, emotional health is about how you manage your words, actions, and feelings, how you deal with external events, including other people, and how you cope with challenges and setbacks, which we all experience in life. Back in that episode, I shared this quote from Pyramid Healthcare, which I think is relevant for this week's episode as well, and I quote, Part of mental health is how well your mind processes and understands information and experiences. In contrast, emotional health involves your ability to manage and express the emotions that arise from what you have learned and experienced. And as always, you'll find the link for that in the transcript as well. So with that in mind, moving on to the next section of today's podcast, why is emotional health so important for your overall well-being? 
Look, we all experience negative emotions like fear, sadness, and anger, and how we deal with them can either result in more problems or can help us to find constructive ways to move forward in life. According to Mental Health America, some of the harmful ways people deal with negative emotions include denial, withdrawal, bullying, self-harm, and substance use. And this isn't just about dealing with the negative side of emotional health. According to the American Psychological Association, good emotional health can lead to success in work, relationships, and health. In the past, researchers believed that success made people happy. Newer research reveals that it's the other way around. Happy people are more likely to work towards goals, find the resources they need, and attract others with their energy and optimism, key building blocks of success. And as always, the link for those two sources will be in the transcript. The thing that I think is important to be aware of around emotional health is that if we let our emotions control us, then we can end up reacting instinctively rather than responding thoughtfully. And often when we do that, we can create much bigger problems than we need to. Here's a super quick bit of theory for you. If you've ever read Daniel Goleman's 1995 book, Emotional Intelligence, then you might be aware of the amygdala hijack. In a nutshell, the amygdalae are two almond-shaped clusters deep within the limbic system of your brain, and they're believed to play a primary role in emotional responses amongst other functions like memory and decision-making. They're also thought to be the home of your fight-flight-freeze response, which happens when there's a perceived threat and your instincts take over, causing you to either fight, take flight, in other words run, or freeze up. Now, I'm sharing this because Goleman's theory is that when we're hijacked by our amygdala, we are reacting as though an event or situation is life-threatening, even if it isn't. And for our modern brains, the notion of what is a threat and what isn't has changed a lot since the days when we were trying to avoid being eaten by lions and tigers and bears. As someone who lives with anxiety, I know all too well just how real a threat can seem, even if other people might not perceive that situation as a threat, and how quickly your emotional reactions can take over, making it almost impossible and difficult to think about anything else. For example, when the COVID pandemic first exploded back in March and we had that whole end of days toilet paper shortage thing happening, certainly here in Australia, I was so deeply taken over by my emotions and mainly fear in case you needed me to state the obvious that I just was not thinking rationally. And between that and the doom scrolling of the news and social media, I'm surprised that I even managed to leave the house. Fear and other strong negative emotions can throw us into a tailspin and cause us to find it difficult to look at things rationally. So we need to look at ways to manage our emotions every single day in order to help us deal with those bigger issues if and when they happen. With time and effort, we can learn how to control our emotional reactions, even if sometimes that means lots of effort and even potentially needing to get support from a professional to work through things. One of the ways that works most effectively in many situations is to just take a few moments if we're being overwhelmed by our emotions. In fact, just pausing for 5-10 to seconds before we do anything else can be enough time for our logical mind to kick in, so that we can then approach the situation more rationally and therefore respond in a thoughtful way, rather than just reacting. And I'll be coming back to that shortly. The thing with emotional health is that, like all health, it's not the absence of issues, but instead it's about being able to put in the work every single day to respond to challenging emotions more thoughtfully. And the more you do that, the less control they will have over you. So how do you build and maintain good emotional health? 
Well, let's get into the how-to part of this week's episode. So there are a number of points that I'm going to go through in this how-to section. They're not necessarily a step one, step two, step three type of approach. It's a whole bunch of points that I think need to be considered in partnership with one another. So let's start with my first point, which is start by learning to identify and label your emotions when they're happening without judgment. Managing your emotions begins with being able to better understand what you're feeling and where it might be coming from. Have you ever had the physical sensation of being hungry, but it turned out that you were actually just thirsty? And that same type of thing can happen with your mind. You might think that you're feeling one thing, but what is actually happening is something else or possibly even a collection of different things. Self-awareness is a massive part of good mental health and so much so that I'll be giving it its own episode in January, so keep an eye out for that. So really take the time to actually stop and think about what am I actually experiencing and label it. My next point is that when you're experiencing a negative or challenging emotion, pause for 5 to 10 seconds before you respond. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, when we're in a threatening situation, our brain can hijack us and make us operate on pure instinct. It's that fight-flight-freeze thing that I talked about before. And it can take several seconds for our logical, rational mind to kick in so that we can then begin to look at the situation more rationally. Hitting your mental pause button allows you to take a moment to let those instinctive reactions subside so that you can then take a more thoughtful look at what's going on before you do or say anything. Our modern brains have a really hard time distinguishing what's a threat and what isn't. And for many people who live with conditions like anxiety, the reality for us is that we can have times when we're on heightened alert thanks to our anxiety going into overdrive. So consciously hitting the pause button in your mind and simply breathing for 10 seconds before you then consider your best response will help you to slow that anxious reaction and enable you to feel calmer, as well as helping you to notice and consider details that you might otherwise have missed if you just reacted out of fear or anger or whatever. And when you take a few moments to pause and look at what's going on in your own emotions, you can begin to see that things aren't always one thing or another. They're not necessarily that clear cut. And quite often there are lots of things going on that are influencing your emotions. When you can see all that stuff and you begin to look at it objectively, you can then better understand the root cause of your emotions and respond to that, rather than just reacting to a specific emotion, which is a symptom rather than an actual cause. Taking a few moments to calm yourself and collect your thoughts enables you to be more thoughtful about what is or isn't going on, so that you can then respond rather than just reacting. Part of doing this is being able to label what you're feeling and then taking a few moments to consider what triggered that emotion. Because more often than not, it's a reaction to something deeper rather than just the specific situation or event. You know, when it comes to our emotions, what I find funny or notable or whatever you want to call it is we all pretty much know this rational stuff in theory, but no matter how much you think you might have moved on from specific emotions related to people or events, they sometimes have a habit of popping back up and biting you in the backside when you least expect it. And so being able to train yourself to at least hit that pause button for 10 seconds before you respond gives your rational brain the time to wrestle back control from your instinctive responses. Because your instincts will make a mess of things sometimes if you're not careful. And that allows you to be much more thoughtful about what you do or say next. I don't know about you, but my tolerance for drama is zero, and I have found that life is a lot more satisfying when you choose to walk away from things that just 
don't need to be a thing. To me, that's a form of self-care. And moving on to my next point, and because prevention is better than cure, find proactive self-care strategies that help you to regulate your emotions. Do things that work for you. Meditate, journal, listen to music, talk to a therapist or counsellor on a regular basis. Even if you're not experiencing issues, they can help you to work through your different emotions and your thoughts, the good, the bad and the ugly. Spend time outdoors. Take regular exercise. Catch up with friends and family, even if it's just by video chat. Take regular breaks from social media. Read a book. Focus on having regular quality sleep. Practice mindfulness, which I explored in episode 42. There are so many different things that you can do that serve to look after your overall well-being and will have a positive effect on your emotions. Don't leave things until you're struggling. Make time every day for self-care and consider it an investment in your health and well-being. Moving on to my next point, and it is related, as I said, they're all interrelated this week. Be clear on your priorities and be authentic. I covered authenticity in episode 55, and I talked about priorities all the way back in episode 3, so you may find those useful to check out if you haven't already. My main point here is to know what is really important to you, such as your loved ones and also being true to yourself, and then make that your priority in all things. Why is that important for your emotional health? Because it helps you to focus on what actually matters in order to let go of the stuff that just does not matter. Leading into my next point, which is, again, related, find a healthy balance between your work and your personal life. Everyone has their own thoughts about work and what drives them, so only you can decide on what a healthy balance looks and feels like. But remember that your work does not define who you are as a human being. I really strongly encourage you to work to live rather than living to work, because I think that it's the relationships we have with those we care about that are the most important and valuable things in life. When you leave work at the end of the day, leave your work behind and don't take it home with you, physically or emotionally. No job is worth giving up your personal time for. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Money is good, but it's not everything. It should be a means to an end, not a reason for living. I know from personal experience that when things go bad, you can very quickly discover just how easily you can be replaced at work. And I'm sure that's not the case for everybody, but for most of us, we're not indispensable. So rather than trying to find meaning through your job, find meaning through the way you live your life, which will make you more satisfied. And then ultimately, it actually helps you to do a better job. It's all about having a healthy balance. My next point in terms of emotional health is to learn to like yourself. Look, I certainly hope that you already do like yourself. However, it's one of those things that takes time and effort. And you do that by consistently making healthy life choices that serve to take you one step closer towards becoming the best version of yourself possible. If you slip up, forgive yourself, but also learn from it so that you can modify your approach to ensure the same thing doesn't happen again. I talked about self-esteem back in episode 43 and I'd highly encourage you to check that out because you need to be able to like the person that you are in order to feel good about yourself. If there are things that you're not happy with, change them one step at a time in a way that is kind and non-judgmental. And then my final point in this how-to section is to give yourself time and space when you need it, but manage it and do not wallow in your emotions. 
I've talked quite openly in previous episodes about the fact that I'm prone to mood swings, and I have some days when I'm firing on all cylinders, and other days when I just absolutely cannot do anything other than look after myself by taking a me day. The thing is that you need to be strict with yourself in terms of not wallowing in the shitty feelings. I find it helpful to name what I'm feeling and then let myself sit with it while I gently consider what's going on underneath it. And I usually find that by doing that, plus taking it easy on myself, makes a big difference. For me, that means a few hours in front of the TV binge-watching one of my favourite shows, or going down a YouTube rabbit hole watching documentaries or travel shows. Find what works for you, but be firm with yourself and manage it so that it doesn't stretch from hours to days to weeks. And if that is happening and you're not able to manage it, get help. Talk to a therapist or counsellor. I'm not even going to sugarcoat this and say talk to a friend because realistically speaking with a friend is not going to be able to help you work through your emotions rationally and objectively because they're just too close to you. You don't necessarily have to physically go and see someone. Thanks to COVID, more and more online mental health services are available, so it just requires a little bit of time to search on the Googletron and away you go. I know it's not called Googletron. Look, I make this point quite strongly here as well, because if you're experiencing a low mood or negative emotions for a prolonged period, two weeks or more, it may be a sign of an issue like depression. So it's important to catch it early because things can spiral out of control very quickly if left unmanaged. In the transcript, I've included a link to the K10, which is a widely used questionnaire that measures the level of psychological distress. I don't particularly encourage self-diagnosing, but it does help you to quickly get a feel for what might be going on so that you can then go and talk to your doctor or therapist. Also, let me note, I've also included a link to an Australian resource called This Way Up, which is a series of online self-paced courses to help you learn clinically proven practical strategies for taking care of your mental health and dealing with conditions like depression and anxiety. So check that out. There's also a really good quick guide by the Black Dog Institute here in Australia called When and Where to Seek Help, which gives you information about what to do if you're struggling with your mental health. So find that in the transcript as well. Just because these resources are Australian, that doesn't mean that they won't be useful if you're in another country. The main point here is to give yourself permission to feel what you need to feel, but do so in a way that is constructive and which has a clear plan on how you're going to move forward. And if you need help, get help. Because when it comes to emotions and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. Emotions are nothing to be ashamed of because they're a huge part of this thing we call life. But it's important to be aware of what's driving our emotions and to find ways to manage them so that they don't manage us. When we take the time to listen to what our emotions are telling us and we find ways to respond thoughtfully to what we're feeling, we're able to become more authentic. And that, in turn, helps us to take positive steps every day towards being the very best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. Each week, I like to finish up by sharing a quote about the week's topic, and I encourage you to just take a few moments to really reflect on this quote and consider what it means to you. This week's quote is by Oscar Wilde, and it is, I don't want to be at the mercy of my emotions. I want to use them, to enjoy them, and to dominate them. Let me repeat that. I don't want to be at the mercy of my emotions. I want to use them, to enjoy them, and to dominate them. Alright, that's nearly it for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about meaning. 
We're heading rapidly towards 2021, and it's a time of year when many of us look at where we're at and where we want to be in the new year. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be exploring a number of topics that are designed to help you think about what you want your present and your future to look like, starting by exploring the idea of finding meaning in life, and more importantly, living a life that feels truly meaningful and authentic. So next week, I'll be talking about what meaning is, why it's important for your mental health, and how to find greater meaning in your life every day. I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released in the morning of Monday the 21st of December in the Asia-Pacific region, including Australia, the evening of Sunday the 20th of December in the UK, Ireland, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East, and the afternoon of Sunday the 20th of December in the US, Canada, Central America, and South America. Head over to letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au for past episodes, including audio links and full transcripts. And while you're there, join the Let's Talk About Mental Health mailing list to have exclusive updates land in your inbox. Those of you on my email list find out about new stuff at least a week before anybody else. So if you like this show, then sign up at the website, letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. You can also find Let's Talk About Mental Health on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at LTA Mental Health. Thank you very much for joining me today. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to share positivity and kindness out into the world because you get back what you put out. Take care and talk to you next time.